Let's go. You are listening to Dollars and Sensibility, the podcast that explores the numbers, concepts, and behaviors that shape your financial life. Hosts, business partners, and friends, Bill McBride and Andrew Martz are financial advisors in Hollywood, California, that for a combined 35 years have helped thousands of individuals and businesses better their financial futures. Here, they want to open these discussions to you, the listener, share the many things they have learned, and of course, how to be sensible about your dollars. All right, good afternoon and welcome back to another Friday edition of the Dollars and Sensibilities podcast. I am your host, Andrew Martz, here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Bill McBride. How are you today, Bill? Doing great, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Are you ready for the question of the day? I'm ready. So you can tell a lot about a person by the type of ice cream order that they have. So it is a hot July day. You're heading to the ice cream stand. What are you ordering? Mint chocolate chip, chocolate jimmies and M&Ms and hot fudge in a bucket, not a cone. I'm not an animal. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) And for all of you West Coasters out there listening right now, he he just went with the, the, the East Coast reference so jimmies for those of you you know who are not ice cream connoisseurs are the sprinkles that you would put onto your cone or uh sunday assortment uh yeah i'm I'm an oreo ice cream man these days cookies and cream uh just classic i just i don't need anything on it just give me a nice little cookies and cream on a on a sugar cone one scoop and i am i'm golden because there's a high probability that my kids won't finish there. So I'm, I'm probably eating closer to about one and a half to two, two, two servings on every trip. Do you find yourself over-ordering on your children's behalf, knowing that you're going to consume <laughs> whatever's left? No, no. I have to under-order because I know that there's, there's always going to be extras. And I'm, you know, I'm the default finisher. So I'm, I'm closing it out for the family. That's, that's dad's job. I love it. Um, well, today's episode has absolutely nothing to do with ice cream or jimmies, but I think that it's important as we head into the summer season to just set the standard straight. By the way, fantastic order. Very proud of you. Mint chocolate chip is a, is a classic. Um, but, but today, I wanted to talk about a phenomenon hot happening in culture. And it seems that everywhere I turn, we are obsessed with efficiency. And some of the largest companies in the world today have really been built around solving the problem of efficiency in whatever respective industries that they're in. And while efficiency is not a new concept, its obsession over it certainly seems to have kind of taken root and and grown over just the past few, few decades. So a quote that I often hear people saying when they're on their hustle or on the grind, which I also hate those sayings, but that's a different podcast for a different time. Uh, The the quote, time is money. And it it really is an efficiency obsessed saying. And I'm guilty of it. I'm, you know, I'm guilty of the, the notion of trying to achieve the highest level of efficiency I possibly can in my day, which let's be practical. Why wouldn't we all? And I understand that the notion, if it were literally to interpret this, would conclude that 
that people could think time and money is synonymous, right? Time is money. That's the quote. But time and money are not the same thing. They're similar. They're similar that most individuals want more of both of it. They're both perceived to be very valuable, but their relationship to each other is very important one to understand. So I thought today we would discuss and have some fun if we can determine to find out which is better, time versus money. The phrase time is money, Andrew, and you know now that we're talking about this, I, I, I've given some thought to it, and the odd thing is that Time, you can say time is money, but you never hear people say money is time, right? Because we don't, well, we'll get into, you know, what, what the uh, what the variables are with each, but I, I love the word efficiency, and I'm obsessed with this at an almost unhealthy level. Um, I've got my shoes at my front door are organized so I can leave the house efficiently, my keys are on the right-hand hook, so I don't waste a nanosecond reaching across as I leave the house. I got three computer screens. My morning routine, Andrew, is 22 minutes and 59 seconds, Almond Brothers, live version of Whipping Post. I'm out the door from alarm going off to the final note of that song. And and I love that. And it's kind of sick, but, but you know, I, I realize time is money, right? And we've got... By my last calculation, and you know I've done this over the years, um, we've got 43 million minutes on this earth on average, right? And, you know, it's probably, again, not healthy to think about that constantly, but when I think about spending money and how many minutes I got left, right? Um, I don't know. I, I think it helps me be more efficient, and I get a kick out of that. So, yeah, I, when I was writing this, I, I was laughing in my head thinking about you because you are not to an unhealthy level, but you are ridiculously obsessive over, over efficiency. But I think like, for example, when I think about work and doing work, time is the number of hours that I spend doing work, but money is the amount that I earn for doing right. work. So immediately you can start to see this contrast in, in money being spent or earned and time being spent or earned, right? Time, once, once you waste it, once it's gone, it does not return. So I, you, you, know, you can't buy back more time. Nobody yet has invented a time machine. Money, if you spend it and or waste it, can be earned again. I can earn more money, right? I can just go out and find something else to do to earn, earn more money. But, well... I, I understand that, but if the value of time is a variable, right? Because I, I believe it's a variable because at 20 years old, your time is not as valuable as it is when you're 70 years old. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So from, it depends on the value that you're placing on time. So, so time, the value of time as a, as a, measure a, a unit of measure is constant, right? A minute is always a minute. An hour is always an hour. A year is always a year. So that, that does remain constant and time is just as valuable 15 years from now, meaning a minute will be a minute in 15 years and in, as it is today. But I think what you're saying is my value today as a business owner, right? In the prime of my career is more valuable than it was 15 years ago when I was a desk jockey at my first right. firm. Absolutely. Right. So, 
So now as I, as I, you know, I'm not ready to retire yet, but you know, if I look 20 years into the future, um, it's certainly not the same value of time or money that I had 20 years in the past, right? When I was 40 years away from retirement age or, or whatever that may be. I, I do think, I do think the value of time personally, and I'm not talking about just me, but I, I mean, to each person, I think it does, it does shift as does the value of money. And why I think the time is money equation, you could put an equal sign in there instead of saying is, uh, why that fits is because they do have a direct correlation over time, meaning that as people get older, they value their time more. As people get older, they value their money more. That makes sense? Okay. Well, uh, yeah, but let me disagree and just pose, pose a question for you. As time goes on, as I get older, I value my time more. So the further in time we go, the more valuable time is. But the value of money decreases with time. Let me, let me present to you why. So $1 today will not buy me what $1 can buy me, or, or let's use $100. $100 today will not buy me the same amount of things, goods or services as it will in 20 years. So as, as time goes on, it gets more valuable. As time goes on, money gets less valuable. Would you agree with that notion? Certainly from a financial advisor and economist standpoint, you've got to say adjusted for inflation, money has diminishing value, right? But adjusted for time, I would say it has even even more value, right? Because in your in your twenties, if you're if you're whatever partying or going to school, uh, I think you're you're throwing a, throwing money away with less less concern about its value, right? Because you think to yourself, "Hey, I can earn more," right? As you get older you think twice about spending that $20 on a round of drinks or, or whatever it may be, or that, that cup of coffee, because you're trying to save more and more, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not even saying. Well, I'm, well then I'm going to, I'm just going to hold you to, to, do you think that you're putting your own personal bias on, on that example? And what I mean is you're, you're viewing it from the lens of somebody who is less responsible in their early years and, and finds more responsibility later. What about the person who's, who's very diligent about saving money early on and then has the ability to accumulate a tremendous amount of wealth in their 50s and can, and can spend a million dollars the same way I lose a quarter in the couch? Right. So like at that point, their ability to spend on things in our in our world, in our marketplace, it, it's very easy for them to buy almost anything. Right. Homes, vacations, luxury items, food, experiences. So if you just switch the psychology of of who what that early behavior is. You're, you're saying, hey, yeah, if you're less responsible in your 20s, yeah, let me just spend it on on whatever because I'm a college kid and it's it's fine, whether it's a dumb video game or a night with your friends. Or it, that same person 30 years later is like, oh my gosh, I got to start saving for retirement. Well, that's a direct correlation of the decisions they made opposed to the, the person who is very diligent about saving money and says, I can buy whatever I want. Right. Yeah. Now, I, I agree uh, and we're, but we're talking about another specific person, right? Like I, I agree there might be some of my own bias in, in that, in my example, but the two variables that, 
that weave in and out of both of the equations of time and money are health and wealth, right? So your time, if you've got health and you've got wealth, your time becomes less valuable. If you know that you're going to live to be a hundred, right? Your time isn't as valuable as if you have terminal illness and you got six months to live, right? Then your time is time time has no earning potential, right? You cannot earn or purchase time. Nobody can, you can't create more of it. Money you can earn and you can very quickly increase or change your earnings potential depending on a variety of different things. But the fact of the matter remains that money can be earned. When you look at the inverse of that, time is always spent. We're spending time right now. You and I, we're going to spend the next 10, 20 minutes together. This is time spent. We'll never get this 30 minutes back. But money, I don't necessarily have to spend any money right now. I can choose to not to not spend that. I can choose to keep it exactly where it is, save it, invest it, keep it. Right. So when you just, when you compare the, the earnings potential and the spending patterns of time and money, again, my, my point here is looking at the quote, time is money. Time is not money. Time and money are two very different things. I, I think the spirit of the saying is is so people maintain efficiency or it's to encourage somebody to not waste time. Again, if you've got 43 million minutes on this earth, right? And you're 10 years old and you've got 38 million minutes left, you don't consider the value of that. But if you've got a million minutes left, then if you're spending your money or spending your time, they're, they're synonymous at that point. Well, we, we know where time is money comes from, right? So, so the, the quote time is money comes from the idea and the concept of the time value of money, right? So I think for listeners, it's important to understand what is the time value of, of money. And we've been bouncing around this here for the last couple of minutes as we've been discussing some of the different components of time and or money. But essentially, we're accounting for the value of your dollar today will not be as valuable in the future because of things like inflation or what's known as the discount rate, right? Which is the cost of, of money and your potential earnings power if you take money and you do something to appreciate it over time. You put it into an, an asset, whether that's a financial asset, a physical asset, real estate, something that appreciates over time. So the time value of money is an age old concept that is very relevant in a lot of different areas of life. So classic example is the lottery example, right? So you just win the lottery bill. Congratulations. You bought the scratch off ticket at the 7-Eleven. You win. You have an option, right? You are, you're the, the, the first million dollar winner and you can take a million dollars right now or you can take $1,050,000 in two years. What do you do? Got to do that math. Do you want the million dollars today or do you want a million dollars and $50,000 in two years? So what's, what's really, what are they really asking when they're asking you that? Well, I, I know that the California lottery system has these, has several rules in place with the annuity payments to prevent people from taking not, not the right choice, not the financially sound choice, but to prevent people from taking that detrimental choice, which is usually take the money up front, take the whole thing. 
And then, you know, 75% of lottery winners go broke within five years, right? Um, if you're asking me, Andrew, you know, I'm a financial advisor, right? I'm going to say, I'm going to do this math and I'm going to do the naturally do this time value of money equation in my head. And I'm going to say in two years, well, don't, don't, don't do it in your head. Do it, do it out loud for everybody. So what is this question asking? Taking a million dollars today, or do I want to take a million 50,000 in two years? The question years? is asking what is more valuable, $1 million today or $1,050,000 in two years. Now, a $50,000 return on $1 million is 5% and divided by two years, that's 2.5% per year, roughly. That is compounding, of course, right? So what, yeah, simple what I'm asking myself is, can I take a million dollars today and make $25,000 every year for the next two years? If I can't, then I take a million fifty thousand. If I can, then I take the million, and to which I would say absolutely positively, right? And you know, I've I've played I've yeah. played the lottery for for years, and, and just you know, it's so much fun just to dream. But I, I do dream of the numbers, and I do dream of that annuity payout versus the lump sum, right? And and how I could uh, invest it to do much better than the annuity payments are. But you know, I, I see why they do the annuity payment, right? What if they change the scenario and they said, hey, we'll give you $1 million today or $1.2 million in two years? That changes significantly. Here's what they're really asking is you have to do the math like you just did and say, all right, that's 2.5% a year. Could I do two better than 2.5% a year? By the way, we're not including things like taxes and fees and anything else like that. We're just, we're just for simple example purposes, can I earn more than 2.5% a year on a million dollars? Well, if I change that to $1.2 million, now it's that's a 20% return. It's 10% a year. Can I do that? That sounds like a pretty good return. Maybe I'd rather just wait and get the $1.2 million. So that that's an easy illustration to decide, hey, what is the value of my time? What is the value of the next two years? Do I have the ability to beat 2.5%, 10% per, per year? And I think that's an important thing for, for people to consider when you are looking at a lot of different options uh, as it relates to building your own wealth, you know, saving and investing. Yeah. And, and time is a, is a very valuable component. Time is the most valuable thing on earth, the most valuable commodity. Money, certainly very important. And the, again, the two things you have to think about when valuing either one is health and wealth, right? So I'm taking, if I'm uh, not in good shape and towards the end of my days, I don't care if it's a 20% return in two years from now, I'm taking the million up front, right? You take the money, you take the money up front, yep. right? If you, if you've got limited time, right? So here, here's a classic story that I think everybody can appreciate. So let, let's take you and me uh, as two examples. You and I both graduate college at the same time. Let's say we're, we're 18 years old and we start our career journeys together. We're making the same amount of money. You know, we're spending, we're living the same lifestyles. You know, you decide, Bill decides to save $150 a month for 10 years. So from 18 to 28 years old, you save $150 a month, every month for, for 10 years. And you put it into, you know, some sort of long-term investment account. And let's just assume that it, you know, it earns an 8% return. While I, Andrew, 
have the same opportunities, I wait, right? I, I made different choices. I'm spending on, on different things. I decided not to save and invest right away. But at 28, you and I get together and you say, hey, Andrew, I've been starting this thing and I've saved all this money and, and here's how I'm doing. I said, gee, that's a good idea. So I start doing it, right? And at 28 years old, I start saving uh, $150 a month. And I keep doing this. I really took that conversation to heart. And I do it every single month for the next 38 years until I reach age 65. But at 28, you stop saving. You would stop saving. Some things change in your life. You had some more expenses and you're helping out your, you know, your sister and your friends with things. And you only had that original money. So your total, your total savings, you had saved $18,000 over the course of those 10 years, right? I did it for 38 years. I saved almost $70,000, saved $68,000. So I, I saved three times as much, as much money as you did. And let's assume that I earned the same 8% return. So now we're both 65 and we're at our, you know, our high school graduation or reunion party uh, together. And we're comparing portfolio notes. Who do you think has more money? The guy who's been saving for, for 38 years consistently or the guy who did it for 10 years and only saved $18,000? Started 10 years before, right? Started 10 years before. Who had the head and, start. And this is, this is a, a wonderful iteration of, of, a, of a classic, right? And so, you know, I know the answer, right? And I'm, I'm sure people are expecting, listening to this, that the answer is, is the surprise that you know is coming, right? And it's, it's the person. Yeah. So Bill, Bill wins and you, and you've outpaced me by about $125,000. I mean, that's a significant amount of money. It's, it's always astounding to me, you know, and and especially if you look at, if you look at like a a mutual fund um, chart, right. That goes back and say an, an old fund that goes back for, you know, 40 years or something like that. Right. And, and you look at just, um, I, I have a, a few clients that really get a kick out of, hey, if you put $1 in this fund in 1970, you'd have a $3 million by now, right? Like those kind of charts, they're fascinating because you, you go back to the beginning and if you look in the middle, it's, it's just, it's exponentially more money that you need to invest the longer you wait. And that's, you know, that's, Getting to the point, right? Time value money. I mean, and that's that's it, right? So th- that's where the quote "time is money" comes from. So really, the hope and the goal of today's podcast was to illustrate a couple of things. One, don't be lured into isms, right? Just saying time is money, and you know, using that. Understand the difference between what time and money really are, but then also understand how time can help really be a leveraging. Uh, device to help you accelerate your wealth and grow your wealth today, right now is always the best time to invest, right? Because we can't go backwards, even though it's fun to look at those historical charts. We we can't go back to 1977 and, and put $10 into Microsoft. All we have is, is right now. So people always say, hey, when's the best time to invest? It's right now. Right now is the best time to invest because this is the most amount of time you're going to have to reach your future goals, no matter when that is, whether it's five years, 10 years, or 20 it, you years. You know, that goes back to my, uh, my adage that Still hasn't caught on yet. You know, people ask, you know, what, Bill, when do I buy? When do I sell? You know, do I buy low, sell high? No, you buy now. You sell when you need to use that money. That's right. Again, it's it's putting the variables 
that we can control back into our tool belt, right? So I can't control the ups and downs of the market. I can control how much I save when I invest, how much risk I take, and how much I spend. So once I can control those variables, the success of my portfolio is going to be much better, no matter what happens with tax law changes, elections, you know, the economy, or anything else. That, to me, I think is the most important thing. So uh, I don't know. Time versus money, who wins? I think they're both equally as important. You need both. In the immortal words of Mick Jagger, time is on my side. (laughs) Well, listen, I hope you enjoyed another fantastic episode of the Dollars and Sensibilities podcast. Listen, wherever podcasts are available, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and share with people who you think would find this information valuable. It would mean so much to us. Catch us every single Friday afternoon right here on the Dollars and Sensibilities podcast. I'm Andrew Marks. And Bill McBride. Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Sensibility podcast. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can join us for each and every episode. Follow us on social media at WIS Advisors and be sure to check out our website at wisadvisors.com. Tune in for the next step on the bridge between dollars and the mind of the sensible investor. Thanks for listening. Bill McBride and Andrew Martz are investment advisor representatives and registered representatives with Western International Securities Incorporated. All the opinions expressed by Andrew, Bill and all podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Western International Securities. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Western International Securities may maintain positions discussed in this podcast.